0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Giving Starts With You podcast. I'm Nellia Hutt, and I'm so happy to have you join us again this week. I hope that you've been receiving um, a lot of value from the show. Um, that is what it's about. And if you do want to join my community, please send me an email at info at Today, I have a very special guest. His name is Nelson Tressler. Welcome to the show, Nelson. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
0: No, well, it's great to meet you. Um, I love meeting new friends. Where are you tuning in from today?
1: Las Vegas, Nevada.
0: Las Vegas. I've been to Las Vegas a few times. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Come back. We,
1: we we need all the help we can get.
0: <laughs> yes, I'm out near Toronto. Oh, okay. I'm just north. I'm in the suburbs. Just to let you know a little bit more about Nelson. Um, Nelson is the author of the Unlucky Sperm Club. What a great title that is. I love it. Um, And also the creator of the I Got Smarter app. Yep. So he is going to talk to us about all things, about overcoming challenges. Yeah, he's uh, setting goals, personal development. He has had a um, challenging start to his life. So I think this episode is really going to uh, make us think and uh, appreciate and and learn how to set some goals for ourselves. So thank you so much, Nelson. Yeah. So yeah, I guess we should start right at the beginning. I mean, this was right off the top of of your life starting, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, my my origin story is, you know, quite unique. Uh, So my mother got pregnant with me when she was 15 years old. Uh, she was one of 15 children uh, living in a small town in, in central Pennsylvania. Her father was the local trash collector. And while she was pregnant with me, her father uh, drove into the small town square, saw two police officers there, stuck a gun out the window and opened fire, uh, killing one of the police officers and, and critically wounding the other. And he was captured and, and brought to stand trial. Uh, he was facing the death penalty for uh, for murdering a police officer. And during the trial, my mother got on the stand and testified to the jury that the reason that her father had shot and killed uh, the police officer was that that police officer had pulled her over and then raped her and that she was now carrying his baby, who was me. And that's why her father did what he... Uh, did. And it worked. Uh, My grandfather, the the first trial ended in a hung jury. Uh, The second trial, they took the death penalty off the table and he was found guilty and uh, served uh, life in prison without the possibility of parole. And that's kind of where my life started.
0: Wow. I'm a little speechless. So let me get this straight. So this police, your mother was pulled over at 15 or 14 by this police officer,
1: well, the you know, and th- this is all in my book. Uh, this is okay. this is the story that uh, that my mom uh, told the jury, and okay, uh, okay. And there's a lot. There's a lot more to the story. I, okay. I don't want to give it away. But no, it's, that's uh, okay. It's, yeah, it's definitely uh, there. There's a lot more to it.
0: Yes, but what you had just said to us right now, so um, your father had shot the police officer who
1: my grandfather my grandfather yes
0: your grandfather yeah okay
1: well and i mean yeah i mean as bad as that is i mean uh, my life didn't get any easier you know i'm uh my mom's 15 years old when she has me you know her father goes away to prison and uh here you know letting behind you know his entire family and then you know me and my mom you know uh to deal with these consequences and if any of you guys have ever lived in a small town you know that they know everything about you regardless but now with what had happened and what my mom had testified you know everybody kind of knew who we were and what we represented and so had, had to deal with a lot of that and then uh My mom, you know, when she turned 21, uh, she started going to bars and she found a a peach of a man that eventually would become my stepfather and come to find out that he was an alcoholic and that he emotionally and physically abused me and my mom, you know, almost on a daily basis. And um, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. And and that took a huge toll on my, my, you know, my emotional, you know, as a, as a, child and eventually my mom you know had four more children uh with my stepfather and because of the lifestyle that they were living you know a lot of those duties of caring for those kids you know fell upon me as the oldest to kind of help out and take care of of babies and you know flash forward um when I was about 11 my mom has four children my stepfather is walking home drunk from a bar one night and uh, there's somebody else who is driving home drunk from that bar and ends up hitting and killing him and uh, when and whenever he had died, my mom you know here she is, she has five children. she had dropped out of school in the eighth grade. you know she has no education, no marketable skills, and you know worst of all, she has no hope at this time, as rough as her life had been up to that point, now she felt hopeless uh, without anybody. And it was at this time that she decided that she was going to take her own life. And she attempted uh, suicide. And fortunately, she was not successful. And uh, But whenever she did get out of the hospital, uh, she decided that she couldn't care for all five kids on her own. And it was at that time that I went to go live with my grandmother, you know, the uh, wife of the man who shot and killed the police officer. And like I said, she had 15 kids kids. So there were still some of those kids at home. And one way or another, she had some other cousins living there in this small little two-bedroom house. But uh, for the first time in my life, I had, uh, you know, a stable, quote-unquote, stable childhood where I didn't have to worry about my stepfather coming home and beating me or my mom or having to worry about waking up and taking care of crying kids. And I started to, um, you know, I st- by, by this time, you know, I had already failed the fourth grade, you know, come to find out I had dyslexia, you know, uh, was placed into special ed. But, you know, when I moved in with my grandma, I had that stable household. And even though education was never like a huge priority in our family, uh, you know, my grandma expected you to go go to school. And I, when I did start to go to school, you know, I realized I wasn't stupid, you know, which up to this point, you know, I'm in special ed. I can't read. I can't write. I can't spell you know, you know, with dyslexia, you know, I'm just thinking that I'm stupid, but I realized if I really put my mind to it that I could learn. And, and then I started to, you know, kind of go down that route. And one of the things that really changed my life was in my, in my grandmother's family of 15 children, only two of them had ever graduated from high school. Uh, and I had 50 or 60 cousins at this time. And, you know, none of them had ever gone to college either. And I, I set a goal, you know, I needed to figure out a way to change the direction of my life. When I was in 17, I was very aware that my life kind of sucked. And the one thing that kind of came to me was that if I could get a college education, if I could become that first person in my family to graduate from college, that I could change the direction of my life and really change the way that my eventual family was going to be. And. You know, long story short, you know, four schools later, um, having to join the Air Force to get to keep money to, to go to school, uh, I became that first person in my family to graduate from college. And uh, fabulous. That kinda, yeah, thank you. So that kind of started my whole thing with this personal development. That was 20 years ago. And uh, I've used goals and personal development throughout my entire you know, those last 20 years to really build a life that I couldn't have even imagined, you know, growing up.
0: First of all, let me say, it sounds like you had a couple of really powerful women in your life.
1: Oh, I, I, I did. I'm I, my mom and my grandma. In fact, my book, The Unlucky Sperm Club is it's actually dedicated to uh, the three women who made the biggest difference in my life. You know, my gram, my mom and my wife. So
0: oh, that's beautiful your mom sounds like a tough cookie.
1: You know, as hard as her life was, she, she met another man shortly after my stepfather had died. And now she's living, uh, she's a totally different person. And she's living a totally different life. They've been married for 35 years. And, and, you know, my, this guy is everything that, uh, you know, a uh, a father and a husband should be. He's an incredible guy. So, You're gonna make yeah. me cry She's now. Thank-
0: oh, I'm so happy for her. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, that when you were saying that, I'm like, Oh, thank goodness, you had somebody in your corner, you know, somebody yeah. fighting for you. That's amazing. I love that your grandmother, um, kind of, you know, encouraged you.
1: Yes, yeah, she was incredible. I mean, just totally incredible. Can't say enough about her
0: so I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. If you don't want to tell me because you don't want to spoil the book, just let me know. Okay. <laughs> I won't Sorry. ask you too much, but I, I, just a couple of things I want to know. So yeah. at what age were you told that this is what happened?
1: Uh, it was uh and this is in my book. I was around 12 years old whenever, okay. uh, you know, I was kind of told, well, it, it, as far as, as far as what my grandfather had done, I mean, that was blatantly clear, you know, from the time I can remember, I mean, from my from my family, but also from uh, from the community.
0: Yeah, because I was going to say when you said that you came from a small community and I can just see you, you know, walking around, going to the grocery store or what have you, doing stuff with your mom as a little boy and people perhaps turning and staring at you. Or And I'm like, how would that must have felt for a little boy not knowing why are people looking at me, you know? It does something to you for, and you feel guilty for nothing and you haven't done anything. Yeah. So that must have been very difficult for you.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, I'll share one of the stories I shared in my book with you. I mean, um, when I was uh, eighth grade, you know, you go to that first dance where you actually go pick up your date. And I had asked a girl on a date and uh, ended up uh, going picking her up with my cousin, John, who had just gotten his driver's license. And The parents, you know, come to find out the parents weren't going to let her go with me. And when they found out that my cousin was driving and not a parent, uh, they weren't going to let her go at all. And anyhow, they came up with a story to say, hey, you know, uh, she has a family event. So we're going to have to pick her up a half an hour early. Well, we, we left and the father followed us to the dance to make sure that we weren't going to pull off the road and rape her. And then they came and picked, yeah. And then and then they came and picked her up uh, half an hour, like they said. But I eventually ended up dating this girl for a few years in high school. So they told me this story, you know, once they got to know me. But I mean, those were the types of things that I was dealing with. Um, you know, there's a there's a few more really good stories in the book that you know people will just shake their head and say, you know, holy cow, I can't believe that. But yeah. It, that, yeah. We'll have it, to read was... it for
0: sure. Yeah. Cause it, it's terrible for you, but as a parent, if I had a daughter, I'd be scared.
1: Like Absolutely. you can see yeah. both sides. Didn't blame them. Yeah, no, I, I def, definitely didn't blame them. And me as a father, you mean you do everything to protect your kids. So yeah, I, I, I never blamed them uh, for doing that. I, I, I would do the same thing too, if I had a daughter and I probably wouldn't have uh, left her go with them you know, if, if I heard all the things that, that uh, were out there about me and my family.
0: So what was it when you were a teenager besides your grandmother that at 17, you decided, what was the moment that you decided, okay, I need to do something different.
1: You know, that happened, that happened when I was, was when I was in seventh grade and there, there was an assembly at my middle school and they were talking about what you needed to do to get into college. And kind of, uh, that was like kind of an aha moment. I think I was going through some tough times and just, you know, reflecting upon my life and realizing, you know what, my life sucked. I really wanted to do something different. And, uh, it was at that time is like, you know what? if I could graduate from college, you know, I thought that would be the answer to all my prayers. You know, I wouldn't have to worry about, you know, opening the refrigerator door and no food being in there and, you know, not having, you know, having your electricity turned off, you know, constantly because you didn't pay the bill. So there were just all those things that I thought this is what I need to do. And, you know, it's just like anytime you tell yourself you want to do something that's going to be a struggle, all those things, voices in your head start telling you why you can't do it. And I remember thinking, you know, talking to myself is like, really, you're gonna, you're gonna try to graduate from college, like you, you're in special ed, you can't read, you can't write, you can't spell, I still can't spell, you know, no one in your family has ever even went to college, let alone graduated from it. Only two people have graduated from high school, like you have, you'll be lucky to graduate high school. But you know what, my life sucked. And I really was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. And the next day after that assembly, I started to, you know, try my best at school and, and shoot for that goal, even before I really knew what goals were and how to accomplish them. But uh, I started, you know, having that end in mind and having my future family in mind and the direction that I wanted my life to go. And, and then I just started, you know, trying to do my best to, to make that a reality.
0: This is so great because so many of us have things not really given to us, but have all the things in place and we do nothing with it. And I see, you know, people my age and younger people as well. Like I said, my son is 14. And, you know, kids don't know how good they have it sometimes and they don't do anything with it, you know. So here you are, you're telling us of a story of of struggle. And how you kind of had to be your own advocate. Because apart from your mom and your grandmother and now your wife, um, you really had to figure these things out on your own. Yeah. So, yeah. and, And it sounds like you are doing amazing things right now. So what was the one thing in between the life that you had then and how your life is now that you think, like... What is the one thing that you, or the one belief that you think helped you the most?
1: You know, I, I think just realizing that, you know, I think we see a lot of people who are successful and think that they are so much smarter or more talented than us. What I realized, you know, I, I, my real job was commercial real estate for 20 years and I'd be in meetings and I'd realize that these people who had made millions of dollars and been very very successful they were no smarter than I was. And I started to realize that, you know what? It just comes down to making those small little choices. And there's always a choice. Um, I, you know, I've become obsessed with personal development and goals since I graduated from college and and have used it in all areas of my life. And um, you know, doing that, I really just started to realize that. It, there was nothing that I couldn't do. There was nothing that I couldn't accomplish if I had enough time and enough energy and enough focus. And that's what I want everybody to realize is no matter what circumstances you find yourself in now, or maybe even born into, uh, if, you, if you have enough time, enough energy, and enough focus, you can accomplish any goal that you put your mind to. And uh, I'm, living, I'm living proof of that.
0: You definitely are. Thank you. It's almost like you started, you know, some people will say why me and it's like why not me.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's actually I that's in my book, I think. You know that exact thing, but you know, you, you talk about the people who are kind of, you know, kids who really are kind of born into good situations and then don't you know, That was the whole purpose of that title is The Unlucky Sperm Club is I I, you know, We've heard of the Lucky Sperm Club, you know, those people born into privilege and wealth and, you know, all they feel like they have all the advantages and of course they're going to succeed because of who their parents were. Well, I kind of took the flip side on that and I, you know, being born into the situation that I was born into, you know what, why shouldn't I succeed? You know, nobody had any expectations that I should succeed, you know, so why shouldn't I? And you know what? Because I was born in the, into those rough situations, they've made me the person that I am. And they've given me, you know, strength to overcome and also the knowledge to know that I can overcome it. And I think when we realize that we can overcome things, then, then we'll go out there. And that's what my story is too, is to show people, you know what? I've overcome it and if I can overcome it, you can overcome it.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you have a lot of grit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I had to.
0: Yeah, one thing I do disagree with you about when you were saying about privileged families is that the kids will automatically be successful. In my experience, I've seen kids of um, privileged families sometimes are really lazy. So even though they have the opportunity to be successful, um, they don't really have as much work ethic. And this isn't for everybody. There are people out there who, you know, they work just as hard as their parents. Um, So I don't want to, you know, say it's everybody because it's not. And we all know that. But um, I do think, you know, laziness is huge.
1: No, I I agree with you 100%. And in fact, you know, the whole thing with the, Lucky Sperm Club is what you tend to see is these people that are, you know, because of their wealth, they end up in drug rehab or, you know, all these have all these problems in their life because they didn't have to do that. And and that was kind of the spin on it is they people call that the Lucky Sperm Club. I think where I was the conditions that I was born in, the fact that I was willing to use that to my advantage really put me in in the Lucky Sperm Club.
0: No, that's awesome. Thank you. So, what is your app? What, what tell me what is yes. this all about?
1: So, I mean, I, I've you know, like I said, over the past twenty years since I've graduated from college, uh, I've used personal development and and a sp- specifically goal attainment. I've become obsessed with it, and really have you know anything I could get my hands on, any seminar that I could go to, you know, any book I could get or listen to or magazine. So over the last 20 years, I've just been studying uh, personal development and goals. And through that, you know, I, I've had, you know, a lot of success financially and business wise, and uh, was fortunate enough to sell some businesses and and make good exit. And it's not in me to retire. So, you know, I'm, I'm 48 years old, and, and I'm sitting there thinking, like, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? Because, you know, I, it's not going to be you know, propping my feet up and sitting by the pole. So, you know, we all have that, you know, we've all heard that question, what would you do if money didn't matter? And I thought to myself, you know what, Uh, goals and personal development, I've had the opportunity to help some friends and people who really struggled with goals and really be able to help them. And so about four years ago, I started to Uh, draw out a program of all the things that worked for me with goals and achieving goals and all the things that didn't work and really come up with uh, a program that gives people all the tools the knowledge and the support that they need to finally achieve their goals and live uh, you know the life that they were meant to live
0: that sounds great
1: yeah it is we're proud of it, and you know with with covid we we've actually had to pivot. It used to be called Six Months to Success, and that company still exists. but right when we launched, we launched that company last october, and just as we were picking up steam uh Covid hit, and uh, that company had people meeting in groups together and uh and using each other as accountability partners and success partners, as we like to call them. But with COVID, we couldn't meet together in groups. So the I Got Smarter app uh, is now where you can meet virtually. And you can invite a success partner to help you achieve your goals. And it's a full-blown program. It, I mean, it's, it's really like nothing else out there. It's, it's, it's a program that that, you know, all these little pieces that I've really – taken over the last 20 years and I put them all into one program. And, you know, we start out every day with a morning ritual that includes gratitude and it includes, you know, learning the I got smarter philosophies and strategies and techniques, and you're reviewing your goals. And we only have three goals. We don't want to overload ourselves. And we break all of our big goals down into 30 day sprints as we like to call them. And, you know, our mind can really wrap around the next 30 days. So it's definitely, you know, it's helped people achieve their goals. Even people who have failed at goals consistently over their lives, uh, this program is the program that actually has people reaching their goals and uh, sticking with it. And, uh, you know, what we like to say at Six Months is, or uh, I Got Smarter is you don't have a knowledge problem, you have an execution problem. And this app will help you execute on the things that you need to do.
0: Yeah, I love that tagline because it's so true.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it
0: resonates yeah. a lot. Yeah. That's phenomenal. What is the biggest gift that you've given to yourself that's changed either the way you think about yourself or the way that you view life?
1: You know what? It's, uh, I like the theory that we get to give meaning to everything that happens to us in, in this life. And, you know, when we get to give that meaning to everything that happens to us, why on earth would we give anything a negative meaning? And that's one of the things as I was preparing to start this business and kicking around writing this book is that part of my life, you know, that that childhood and, and, and the part of my life, it really weighed me down. And in fact, nobody except for my wife knew that part of me when I moved to Las Vegas, not even my kids, not my in-laws, nobody, because I had run away from that and really had it trapped you know trapped up and didn't want anybody to know that part of my life but when i when i realized you know what let me give this a good meaning i went through those trials for a reason and maybe i maybe i went through those trials so i could help other people overcome their trials and give them inspiration and motivation and as soon as i gave that part of my life that meaning uh, it, it was liberating. And now I gain energy from that, knowing that I was able to overcome that, uh, as opposed to the rest of my life where it just weighed me down and I wanted to block it out and and never think of, of those situations ever.
0: Yeah. You must be proud of yourself. You've come a long way, despite, you know, despite not having this, despite maybe some challenges, you know, despite all these things that you went through.
1: You know what when i when I look back at it uh, you know i I am proud of myself, but you know what i 'm so grateful for all the other people, you know, especially as I was writing this book, and you see everybody who had a hand in helping you succeed. you know none of us do it by ourselves, and uh, in fact, I just had lunch today with the guy who hired me into commercial real estate, and you know just to sit there and reminisce with him and How different my life would be if he didn't hire me. Mm. And I have kind of gone through that as I've read this book is like, wow, if that person didn't do this for me, if he didn't have that conversation with me, if he didn't do this, my life could go a totally opposite direction. So I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for me, but I'm so, I'm so grateful for, for all the people who helped me, you know, become the person I am.
0: Yeah. And it's not luck. Like some people say, oh, you just got lucky or, you know, I hate that because it's not. It comes from hard work. It comes from, you know, communicating with other people. And you were due. You were due some good luck anyway, but it's not from luck. Yeah. <laughs> but we talk about that on on, on this podcast a lot because um, sometimes we get people who have addictions and they come on and, and I want people or, or different things that happen to them. And I want people to know that if they're listening, even though they may not, resonate with the person who's speaking, they can resonate with the person who helped them. So, you know, be that person, that friend, that somebody who notices that something's not right, or that hires, you know, that takes a chance on, on somebody like you, for example, who, you know, who needed that, or, or somebody who, you know, is in prison and looking for their first opportunity. Like, there's so much so many things that we can do as observers, too. You don't have yeah. to just be the person in the story. Yeah. So I absolutely. appreciate you saying that because, yeah, there um, a lot of people are where they are, and through the help of a community, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I mean, you know, a quick story. Like I, I when I was a when I was a youth, I got put into the Big Brother Big Sister program, and uh, you know, as I was writing this book, I mean, I, I wrote about. Uh, Chuck and Mary Die account. Who he was a he was a college student and she was a, a nurse. But you know he took the time. You know I, I've been through college. It's hard and and every minute and counts. You know when you're trying to do, get good grades and everything. But him as a college student took the time to join the Big Brother Big Sister program because he wanted to make a difference in somebody's life and man, did they make a difference in my life? I mean, they introduced me, they kind of gave me contrast at that time in my life, because this is the way I thought life was. And uh, because they were willing to kind of come into my life and kind of opened up their family to me, it gave me contrast. And I kind of realized like, wow, you mean, you know, dads don't always get drunk and come home and beat their families. And, you know, all this stuff. So I mean, so there and there's so many of those stories in my life where people were just so selfless and have helped me along the way i mean my my wife 's family and just the 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 numbers it just goes on and on so
0: but you took it, you took it, and you ran with it that 's important part too, because yeah. you could have just done nothing right yeah. so the fact yeah. that sometimes people are there to help, but the person isn't receiving the help either, so you know well, you do have to take some of that that good stuff on yourself because you did it.
1: Well, and, and, and I think you hit on a, an important point there is that uh, I don't know if it's our culture or, or our mindsets, but a lot of people don't like to take help. And I don't know why that is. I mean, we, we are always out there and, and we can, we, 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 you know, are grateful for people who provide service, but then when that service comes back to us, we're kind of hesitant to take it. Cause and we feel I, less think, than, I think,
0: but... I
1: think, yeah, I think, I think it should be the exact opposite. I mean, even you know, we should allow those people to to serve us, especially when we really need it. And not only will it be good for us, but it's great for the person providing the service.
0: I love that you included some, you know, those stories and some of those people that helped you along the way in your book, because um, sometimes when you do do something for somebody out of you know from your heart and you really want them to succeed um you don't always see the impact that you've had you walk away you move on you know um and sometimes you know I say that uh for example I was telling you a little bit earlier about this homeless drive that my son runs and you're like well you just don't know maybe it's just a sandwich or maybe it's just you know but for one person it got them out into a home from out from a car, it got them being a leader in the community, it got them so much further down the line that we come to find out because of certain things that that we had put in place. And you just, you know, it's nice, those it's very rare that the person that is giving sees, you know, the impact that they make, because usually you don't yeah. fall, you know, you don't see people through you do your thing, you move on and help somebody else. So it's great that they're, that you recognize them in your book. I think that's really special because maybe that'll encourage more people to do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, there's no doubt that, you know, I wouldn't have lived the life that I'm living without the help of all those people. And just, just like you said, you know, I, I named some people, but, you know, I remember, you know, growing up and not having any Christmas gifts and gifts being put on our porch from people that we didn't know. And, you know, those made a huge difference in my life, you know, and and they also just kind of showed that people are good. And, uh, you know, that's probably I needed that more than at that time than I needed those gifts. But, so there's so many of those things. And, you know, that's what I would, you know, emphasize that everybody you know put yourself out there and help if you're in a position to help even if you're not going to get that thank you even if you're not going to get those accolades and the recognition believe it it's going to help somebody and and they're going to be appreciative of it
0: and it doesn't have to cost money like i always say giving love is absolutely free you don't have to have money to be kind to somebody to be open just to listen be somebody that they can come to and talk to because the fact that those people did that for you and put that on your step means so much more than the person who judged you in the small town who didn't really want to hear your, your side of the story. So it's incredible. And it sounds like you're teaching all of these beautiful things to your children. Um, yeah. You know, you were we were talking earlier about how um, your son is now giving. So I think that's fantastic. Good job. Yeah.
1: I love it. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's one of the great things I th- I think is growing up in the situation that I did, you know, with the, with the father figures that I had, that was one thing that I always told myself was I was going to be the best dad that I could be. One of the things I do every single year is, uh, you know, on my vision board is I want to be the husband of the year and the father of the year. And of course I fall short every year, but you know, I'm always striving for that and, uh, you know, wanting, wanting to do my best in those two areas of my life.
0: Thanks. Is there anything you'd like to share with us on, for example, if someone doesn't know how to start changing the, like negative thoughts to positive and, and feeling like they can do it, even when all this, you know, and everything feels like they're stacked against them.
1: Give it, a, give it a good meaning you know, um, and, and I know sometimes that's easier said than done because there's a lot of tough situations out there, but dig deep enough. I mean, give it, gives, give it a good meaning and start where you're at. I mean, every great journey, every journey starts where you're at. So just start, don't, don't wait for all the lights to turn green before you're willing to start your journey to the life that you want to want to live and the life you know that you deserve is you know start it and uh, if you can only take one step and that's all you can see you know what take that one step and what you'll realize is you know it'll start to uh, you'll start to see where you need to take that next step
0: yeah thank you so much you know i was taught um that you cannot take one step forward and one step back at the same time it's basically impossible so Yeah, one step is movement. No matter how small. Yeah and,
1: yeah, and 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 that's the thing with the I got smarter program is we teach progress not perfection. And I think there's so many people out there that want to be perfect in everything and when they're not uh then they throw their hands up and quit. You know what? We're just looking for progress. We're looking to get a little bit better day in and day out and uh and just keep moving along. You know, the rabbit, the the tortoise and the hare, right? (laughs) Yes.
0: Yes. Life is so short and people say that, like, it doesn't mean anything, but when you really think about it, you know, I think we all want to, um, to have very similar things at the end of our life. And we just want to be loved. We want to be felt like we've done something in this world. You know, we all want to be respected and, um, the message that you're sharing cannot be easy for you, but I do respect the fact that you're doing it. Um, it is going to help people. It I'm sure has already done that. So keep sharing it, you know, even on those days where you don't really, you know, we all have those ups and downs. Um, don't stop because it's really important.
1: Well, I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate you having me on and, and allowing me to share this story. And, and I hope your listeners, you know, it, it inspires them and motivates them to take action in their own lives.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's a hope. I think it, there's no way they can't. Honestly, well, like they so. should, Thank you. they should read the book. And, you know, as you're reading the book, make a list, make a list of all the things that Nelson had against him. And then look at where he is now and all the things that he had to overcome one by one. And make a list for yourself. And if he can do it, we can all do it.
1: I, I totally believe that. If one of us can do it, all of us can do it. So.
0: So where can we find your book? Is it on Amazon, I'm assuming, or?
1: It, yeah, it is on Amazon under the On uh, Lucky Sperm Club. It's it's really anywhere where you where you buy books, but yeah, Amazon's probably the easiest to get it. Um so yeah, I go there and I'm proud of it and uh super uh appreciative of all the great reviews that are starting to come back. Uh, we just released it November 12th.
0: People may not realize how important reviews are, but they are very important. Um it, it it allows um, authors and podcast hosts like me to be able to reach more people. So yeah. share this with your friends, you know, share the book with your friends. Um, if you think the message helped you and if you think that it's powerful. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to talk about, Nelson? Or we're...
1: No, I think you touched on everything. I mean, I really enjoyed that conversation and, uh, you know, it's getting me fired up. I can barely sit in this chair. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, it was great. That's
0: awesome. It was so great to meet you. And I hope that we can maybe work together in the future because it sounds like we've got some things that are in alignment with one another. So yeah. that sounds great. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, yeah, I look forward to chatting again sometime.
1: All right. Appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.